0: I like the city, I've
1: been browsing Treading water they drown. My head on a swivel, yeah It's only really my surroundings Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. John, joining me as always, but this time for you guys watching on YouTube, we are in matching outfits. Didn't try it, honestly, John. Didn't even plan it. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. On Tuesdays, we wear matching white hoodies. How you doing, brother?
0: Uh, doing good. And, and let the record show that I had it first. i I've, I've had this white hoodie for quite some time now, and I, I couldn't believe it when he, when he jumped on there. I mean, we've been doing this a long time now. We're kind of like these old veterans in the industry, but I never expected to start wearing the same stuff as you onto
1: the pod we're it's starting to look look the same we're starting to finish each other's, finish each other's sentences. sentences oh hey that's where it is guys i'm super excited about our guests tonight you know like i started my dynasty journey in in 2014 a friend was like hey you got to listen to this podcast and i i started my first league playing in, in 2015 and this was the first podcast that i ever listened to it was was under the helmet and i got to it's just a pleasure to welcome onto the show the legend himself chad parsons how you doing tonight brother
2: Thanks for having me on again, and uh, yeah, white hoodies are uh, l- let's call it the eclectic way of team building in Dynasty. So it's <laughs> yeah, a like, start two league, and we already have two starters in YouTube right here.
1: That's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's an acquired taste, you know. It gets gets things going there. So Chad, you know, we I know you talk at the your intro is phenomenal, but I love where you're saying you're reaping rewards for the next decade. This 2023 class. I think every year we start to say, "Hey, this class looks phenomenal," and then it sours a little bit. And I think we do that every single year. Uh, tell me your initial reaction right now to, to you know, the what the twenty three class looks like because, you know, a year and a half ago we were saying, "Hey." You know, one through 12, this thing is phenomenal. It's going to be deeper. It's going to be better than 2022. And then we get there and people start picking out those warts. And I feel like it's a cyclical thing, you know, and I know you guys talk about those kind of things at at Under the Helmet, but it feels like every year we're like, hey, here we are. And then they start looking into next year and people are trying to sell for 2024. And It's like we got to at some point stop the cycle.
2: Yeah, I think it it really differs whether it's quarterback premium or start one. Um, I, I think in start one that we're looking at an environment that's pretty similar to a year ago. I actually figured out a way to start looking at two to three year windows to start a career let's face it, by year three, year four, we've already decided if these players are good or not. And that doesn't mean to say that they might bounce back after a bust track start or cool off, you know, like a Doug Martin or someone like that. So, mm-hmm. but in general, I think we decide how good a class is within two seasons, if not three seasons at the most. And so I figured out a lot of ways to start a, uh, to start looking at profiles. And so looking at team strength, I actually have a design, dynasty rookie draft decision-making matrix. And it looks at these different profiles and you put the players into the buckets based on their profile, their pedigree and their position. And one quarterback, it looks about like last year, which is weaker, you know, in the top six, let's say, and then the top 12, some of these big markers that we look at superflex though, looks a lot better, you know, than last year. And I I think the quarterbacks help. Let's rewind 12 months with Kenny Pickett, not in the top 16, not in the top 10, nowhere near the the draft pedigree we want. And that was it. All the other guys faded down. We're going to have four quarterbacks in the top 10 and probably much higher than that. That's a huge difference, a huge shot in the arm for these mid first round picks, as well as I mean, if you get a look at 107, 108, 109, even if it's Will Levis going at, you know, late in the top 10, that still is a good pedigree bet. Uh, and and he might even fall Josh Allen-like to the, the early second round or something like that in a super flex rookie mock. So I, I think that between having a chance at two running backs in the first round, a few wide receivers in the first round, and two tight end drafts, it's going to be great. So I, I think that it looks a lot better with the more premiums you have, quarterback and tight end. It, I, I do think there's going to be a fall off. And I do think early thought is the late first round in a start one quarterback league might be a good idea. Not now, not today, unless you get a great deal. But when you're closer to on the clock or on the clock, maybe you're dealing 110 way down to like 301 and you're picking up a future first just because I think the fall off and you say eh, the round one wide receivers are gone. I'm not going to press the issue at day two running back. I really think you have to be careful in the late first as it currently sets up this year.
1: I love that. I mean, with last episode of we have a secondary pod now of smash or pass, we went over those one quarterback drafts. And when you're so used to playing Superflex, you look at those one quarterback drafts and then you get to 107. And you're like, "Ooh, all right. This is, a, this is a different game, right? Like this is completely different. Um, you mentioned the quarterbacks. So I'm going to talk about that first. But we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about when, you know, two years ago you hopped on here for the Dynasty Dad roast. And you, you know, told me when I'm when I turn 40, you know, these things are going to start. And I was like, yeah, OK, Chad, whatever now i'm 41 almost 42 and man i'm starting to feel some of these back pains we were talking about some of those foot. i absolutely loved when you came on here and and roasted me and you know we're gonna get john john and i were kind of making fun of each other backstage for some of those kind of things Leading from that into being one of the OGs in this industry, you know, like you, you got to jump out there, but even before podcasts were, were big and talk to me about how you've stayed relevant over the years, because there's so many different podcasts. I mean, it is saturated right now. Like there are so many podcasts and so many different YouTube channels and tell me what has made Under the Helmet so popular and something that is, has lasted for years. And also tell everybody, you know, what they can find over if they aren't familiar with you.
2: Yeah. I, w- I would say it's always a journey as a con- content creator. Um, I've been a one-man stop uh, shop there at UTH in terms of you go there, you listen to a podcast, you read an article, you look at rankings, 99.8% of the time, it's me. And, and that can be a challenge because it's a full-time job, but it also means you're doing everything. But mm-hmm. I would say going over the years... That things I've come up with that I, I feel differentiate me is I'm not afraid to record a five minute podcast. I think a lot of people assume a podcast. I think there was some study that the average or the ideal length is 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is. And I think say what you got to say. And if it ends up being nine minutes, you know, I, I just recorded something on Ronald Jones or, uh, you know, all these individual signings or, or movement in free agency. Record a show. Do you think it fits better as an article or a podcast? Ask yourself these questions. You know, I've been very innovative in terms of how I display dynasty rankings. I believe listing one through 50 isn't all that productive. I do tiers. I put in a lot of other data instead of a little line, a little snippet that says, I like this guy, I don't like this guy. You know, I, I think you can provide more value. So I think it's always thinking of ways to improve the experience for the consumer. And the other part is, I, I my go-to line is saying I, I operate UTH like an old 1980s hardware store. I know everybody's name. When Joe comes in, you know i I know he's looking for a hammer. You know I know he uses Phillips head instead of you know a traditional screwdriver. So I get to know my customer really well. I answer my own emails. I don't outsource that, and I'm really not looking to, you know, flash and dash gain as many listeners and subscribers as possible. The whole thing is about retention. So, when you go back five to 10 years, it's about retaining what you have and slowly growing. You know, I added Patreon over the years to supply something for super fans. I added premium podcasts when people were just getting up to speed with having one weekly show. I was already doing four, five, six a week. And so, find out what your niche is. And I would say just, Really value the relationship and build that with a customer. And if it's one email, if it's answering a trade question, getting back in a timely fashion. I do custom draft boards for for the super fan subscribers that sign up to the trade calculator. All these little micro actions that it might take a few minutes here, thirty seconds here, checking my phone periodically throughout the day to to you know for the VIP chat room. All the, these little things build up to a sustainable solo. Uh, business model, you know that that it allows us to do what we love, and I, so I I think being self analyzing uh, and saying how can I be better than I was a year ago, all those things go together with saying I want to know all the subscribers and I want to grow it slowly as opposed to I want to get as many listeners as humanly possible. And I hear that from podcasters a lot. They care about that final number when it's like do you want that many people listening? Do you really think after four shows, you're ready for the prime time? Because you get one listen, and they're going to go somewhere else. As you said, there's a billion podcasts. So I think you have to be careful on how big of an audience you want. I had 20 people, including my dad, as the story goes, for the first UTH show way back in (laughs) 2011. And frankly, I think that was a little high. You know, My dad, he was required (laughs) to listen. Yeah, yeah. But eight to to 10 was probably about the right number. And then it, it grows to dozens and hundreds and things like that. So I think, you have to really seek to improve before you start worrying about subscribership. And one other thing I would say is charging is an icky word and people have a problem with it. But here's what I'll say. If you're doing the right thing, you're you're treating customers well, you're providing valuable content, you're making a difference to their leagues. Just know people are going to value that and they want to pay because they don't want you giving it everything away for free. So just know it's a two-way street. And what I've learned is the super fans want to reward you and want to you to keep doing what you're doing. So don't be afraid to charge. When I opened the UTH Dynasty site, I, I charged within weeks of opening. And a lot of people at that point in time were going a year or two of just everything's free. And then sometime yeah. they go, please maybe kind of sorta subscribe to this membership. And you might lose you don't know until you start charging if you have anything mm-hmm. sustainable. And I think right the on. earlier you have that answer, the better.
1: And that's awesome. I mean, we we launched our Patreon you know, this in, in the last year. And, and you know, I, there's, it's just, I have had my DMs open for years and answered trade questions. And I, I love that kind of thing and getting to know people on the one-on-one basis. And that's just, that, I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, there's so many people there out there wanting to see where they are on charts or where they are with this number or that number and Let the them personal say thank relationships. You. Yeah. Let yeah, those exactly. super
2: fans say thank you. And there's plenty out there that yeah. want to reward you for the hard work you do every day.
1: That's awesome, Chad. I love it. Um, first thing I want to jump in, we talked. You started talking about those quarterbacks. So Mel Kuyper's mock draft came out today, and let's just I, I, we take those with a grain of salt, but it's part of the process. You know, we're a little over a month away from the NFL draft, and he has it right now as CJ Stroud going one, Carolina, Bryce Young going two to Houston, Will Levis get the Indiana or the Colts trading up to get Will Levis at three, and Anthony Richardson going to Seattle at five. So first off, I got to ask you, Chad, I mean, this is a position, you know, even NFL teams don't get it right. You know, this is the the most difficult to predict. What running backs, wide receivers, there's a lot in your model that, you know, you can is a lot more predictive. What do you look at from the quarterbacks right off the bat? And who is your favorite going in right now? I mean, I have so many people, you know, Bijan's the clear favorite. Everybody's taking him at one. And, but then when we get to this quarterback, there's that tier of two, three, and four where these three quarterbacks, and then we're going to talk about a couple other guys, but this is where... We're really struggling is it's just trying to figure out who's
2: who yeah i think one overarching thought um we talk about it on the football guys show uh, with jordan mcnamara i would say at least a couple times a month especially this time of year which is if you're sitting there and and you say i need to quote unquote fix quarterback for for my super flex dynasty team and it's like ah, i got 102 i got 104 you know some early pick and you go I, I, you know who should i pick at, at, at quarterback we always talk about well have you tried trading You know, have you tried trading for an NFL option already? Because inherently NFL teams get this wrong. And that's not even to say getting it right. NFL terms means you got it right dynasty wise with some big, massive ceiling. So I think there's two divides there of job security that can go against you. And then you also have just dynasty successful, because if you finish a couple of times at QB 10, Yes, it matters, but no, that doesn't really move the needle in an impactful way as much as you think. Especially if you spend a high first round rookie pick and you passed on, say, a round one running back or a wide receiver that turned into, you know, the trajectory someone like Garrett Wilson's on or Chris Olave or Drake London right now, and you passed on that for Kenny Pickett. I mean, just as examples here, you know, you, there, there's different levels to what is I did well with my quarterback pick in a super flex draft. Mm-hmm. So I think that the interesting part for me this year is. Rushing pays the bills, and it's interesting because the two guys with the highest rushing potential are the two guys not viewed consensusly by the NFL as QB one and QB two. So, correct, they have more risk. Quote unquote, with the NFL of holding a job, keeping a job, maintaining that, becoming a franchise guy, and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, more so Richardson than Levis for the upside part. And then you have, mm-hmm. well, I think this might work out NFL wise, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. However, I don't project them as rushing options, rushing enough to actually matter for Dynasty. And guess what? We don't think Mahomes as like a pure runner, he runs quite a bit, not like Josh Allen, not like uh, Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Fields, but enough. And so, if you're falling behind, you've got to be so good as a passer to 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 end up in the top five or six of the position right now. That I actually don't have, and I, you know, we were we were just looking at mock drafts and things like that. I, I don't have quarterbacks in the in the one or two spots. Bijan Robinson isn't a surprise, but I just think that there's a lot of sameness. And I also think that Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson is the real fantasy. Like he can do what Justin Fields just did. And we can have a lot of questions about, is he a good quarterback? Is he a good NFL option? Is he a good passer? All that applies. But look, he's he a top eight fantasy option without any of that stuff. We'll see if he turns into Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he puts it all together. But Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson can show up and be a thousand-yard rusher. And that's not really a question mark. And yet, Stroud and Young are considered safer because of where they are in their pre- passing progression. So I, I think in, in rookie drafts, it really is... Um, one where I think you almost have to be a little agnostic about the player. 101 quarterbacks have the benefit over uh, 102 and beyond in NFL pedigree terms. And right now the betting market is on C.J. Stroud to be the 101 for Carolina. However, again, I I think the Anthony Richardson, if he ends up being QB3 off the dynasty board, is probably the better play. So I, I think you have to keep that in mind. Of if Bryce Young is successful and he ends up, you know, with a QB10 season, he starts off in his, as his rookie year as QB24, and, and then you know he's QB10 within the next two years. Is that worth 101 or 102 in a, in a rookie draft? I'm not so sure, you know. And so I think you have to be really careful mm-hmm. with with projecting the ceiling when 102 can get you a lot of places trading that around and shopping it by like, oh, 102 for Justin Herbert, 102 and a little something for someone of that ilk. You take a lot of risk out for a guy that's already played and has already shown uh, their medal in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, right now we've, we've been advocating to... Trade back a little bit, try to get into that 104, 105, 106 range from the 102 and and add. And I've seen absolutely crazy offers of people moving from 102 to 106 and getting a 24 first. And imagine, you know, Richardson or Gibbs or JSN at that point on top of a CJ Stroud and and you're in a position to win.
2: Well, and just to, to put a put a name to what you're what you're saying in a trade like that is you're doing the the pick math. You know, you're and, and I do that all the time. You say, Well, I'm trading to six. Well, what does six mean? Well, I'm I'm guaranteed this. It, say two running backs, mm-hmm. three, three quarterbacks, and wide receiver one. That gets you to six already. So that means you're not even picking QB four for your board or what whoever you're thinking. So you could maybe go to seven. You can maybe go to eight, you know, yeah. if there's two or three wide receivers you want. And that's how deep it is when you start adding premiums. And if it's too tight end, you know, you can expand that maybe a little bit more. So I think you you're you're on the right track of saying, do I like one quarterback enough if I'm sitting at two or three to say, I gotta stick here? Because you're saying a first is possible to trade back just a little bit and someone else is getting their choice of quarterbacks. It's almost like the NFL, right? I mean, it's it's sitting in the 102, 103 seat and saying, we like three guys and we're gonna get a discount. We're not gonna pay what Carolina paid paid to move all the way up same thing applies to trading up to 102 in your super flex draft as opposed to sitting at four five or six because uh, again the highest upside guy in richardson may be the second or third or quarterback off the board and, and we lie. saw that in the mock draft mm-hmm. information you gave me
1: I like that. As far as John, you know, when we're talking about, yes. is there a landing spot? You know, like we're talking about if CJ Stroud goes to Carolina, which I love that all five offensive lineback- linemen are, are back. You know, you got Frank Reich there. You got McCown, who's been a guy who has helped develop quarterbacks as well. It's like, I think that's an ideal spot. But is there another landing spot out of this? I mean, we're looking at out of those teams, you look at Houston, you look at the Colts, you look at Seattle, you know, who's that spot you want to see these guys go into? And if Stroud goes one, what, where is that spot that Richardson or Bryce Young have to go or even Levis to move into that, you know, 102 spot for you?
0: Yeah. And Chad may also have some thoughts on this. I think first off, I like what you were saying there, Chad, about the, we, we think about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud as being the safer ones, but I think we could easily convince ourselves that Anthony Richardson actually does have a higher floor with the, with the rushing. And depending on your league format, if it's four points for passing touchdowns, even more so, you might actually have that higher floor with six-point rushing touchdowns, definitely in his future. And, and then again, I think you could also convince yourself with the ceiling. But what I want to see there, and getting back to the landing spot question is, I do want to convince myself that where he lands is a system and a coach that will understand how to utilize his talents, mm-hmm. right? You know, we we see a system where it, it's it's really sitting there dropping back, you know, primarily in the pocket and not not too innovative, and uh, you know, it's it's more about the passing game. You could convince yourself that it may not work well there. I think some of these landing spots are pretty interesting. I, I I'm convinced like the Raiders would be pretty interesting with with Josh McDaniels and. I feel like he, he's a guy that would understand the talent and be able to utilize it in that system. Um, the, new, the new Colts offensive staff is a little bit of an unknown right now with Frank Reich leaving, uh, but, I, but I do think we can convince ourselves that there's enough going on there with that offense and um, keeping the defenses already honest with Jonathan Taylor, not necessarily being able to stack the boxes. You know, if Anthony Richardson lands there, that is kind of interesting to me as well. Uh, so, you know, there's some Seattle you know, with with old Pete Carroll there, I, I kind of feel like that, you know, I, I don't know what you think on that one, Chad, but that, that one to me is, is actually pretty interesting for a, a QB. If we, You know, of course, we just saw Geno Smith get signed there. So, OK, is he a bridge quarterback? Maybe maybe they could give someone like Richardson some time to develop into a role with Geno Smith kind of mentoring him along the way. I kind of like that approach as well. What do you think, Chad?
2: Well, well, yeah. To distill what you what you just finished at uh, is, I think Seattle and Detroit are the interesting spots, and more Detroit so from fun. the, yeah. more so from the fact that. I think, you know, we can say that we're drafting for the long term, but we, we've we seen it in every rookie draft that mm. folks want instant results. And especially if oh, you're doing a absolutely. draft in August, you know, and you get tea leaves going about, you know, Damian Pierce starts rising up to the top four or five because he's projected <laughs> yeah. to start versus where he was going in May, you know, scenarios mm. like that. And quarterback, when you have, have a guy that's behind a Jared Goff who's going to start, when behind Geno Smith, who they just gave a contract that they could have multi-year allegiance to, that... I I think that's going to be fascinating from a, Mm -hmm. is that the quarterback that falls because they're not projected to start right away. And Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that it seems like we're trending that Arizona, if they get offers, why wouldn't they be moving down? You know, and that would lock in quarterback uh, quarterback in the first four and it would make this whole thing moot. But I think if if Seattle or Detroit get a quarterback, not slated to start maybe at all this year, and that's not the worst thing for Levis or Richardson, if that's who ends up going there, Mm -hmm. that I think it could be a good for them, B, it could be great because you get a discount in Superflex because, again, a lot of times in year one, unless they're running around for 500-plus rushing yards, they're not going to be great fantasy-wise. They just aren't. And so that time that they're not starting is pretty irrelevant to us. You know, if Bryce Young is out there week one, does it really matter? Is he going to be in our lineups, and is he going to be providing value if he's in your lineup? Probably not. So it really, you know, week one versus week six, it doesn't really matter. But I think the trajectory you're on going into 2024 and year two for these guys is the important point. And I think that doesn't change. But yet I do think the possibility for us to get a late first or an early second price point on someone going to Seattle and Detroit, those are the landing spots we need because that's how you would project them to have to wait. And then in the right circumstance, you get owners in the 106 to 110 range that they're going to go, eh, I'm going to pass. I'm going to go for a round one wide receiver instead.
1: And that becomes that situation where in the past we've got Justin Herbert late, right? And we ended up getting Josh Allen late. And it feels like to Mm -hmm. me, we're getting a lot of that with Will Levis right now. It's like, Tremendous upside. Yeah. He has the legs. He has the arm talent. I Even have if you him.
2: like him. You got to be in because if he falls yeah. enough, it's the Josh Allen, you know, clause basically. Right. If he falls to two hundred two, you you have to take him. If you take one thing away yeah. from this show for six weeks from now, just remember that point. If if Will Evis falls, mm-hmm. Pedigree has a price point that you have to take it.
1: Absolutely. I love that. The point that you made is another thing that I'm doing. I mean, I'm answering DMs nonstop about that 102, 103 range. And and Chad, in your ADPs right now, when you're doing startups on Sleeper, you're looking at the 102 goes in the same area as Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. I mean, and and we know obviously what Deshaun Watson has done in the past and, and Kyler and Dak. I mean, these are the quarterbacks that you can get for that one Oh two or the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about. And, and I call it, you know, you said pick trade or adding picks. I call it like cascading or I'm sorry, not cascading. I call it insulated trades where you move back from say Lawrence fields, Lamar Jackson and get these guys first. Is this the class, you know, like last year we were trying to do that and move or two years ago, we were trying to move in back off those and, and get those quarterbacks of Lawrence and fields and, and try to load up on there. Is this the class to do that? Or is this the class that, Hey, if I can get Dak Prescott for the 103 or if I can get Deshaun Watson for the 102, given the pedigree of those guys and what we've seen, you know, what kind of moves are you making there? And and I'm interested to see how how you line up with how I've been thinking and, and kind of advising people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh... I'm looking for exactly that because I don't look at team need, you know, when I'm in a rookie draft and NFL teams shouldn't be either. I'm always fascinated when they take best player of it. Like, you know, when you see the Eagles double and triple down on defensive linemen when they already have a bunch, you know, or a team that's already good at the offensive line, they take another offensive lineman. All these things perk my ears up where it's like, this is going to work out because they're taking a player superior on their board and they're not Mm. trying to fill needs. And I think dynasty owners need to do the same thing. So if you need quarterback or you're looking to upgrade quarterback, it's not a rookie, a rookie he is not going to do that and i always say let's shoot for foreheads you know let's aim high with if you if you're sitting with a high first round pick how about you put that together with something else and then you know another quarterback like kirk cousins why don't you go after mahomes why don't you go after Allen? go after herbert you mm-hmm. know with a high first plus other things to get it done and uh, i just think you know and yes those picks might get Dak prescott or Deshaun watson straight up and we're talking about 28 to 30 year olds with a profile of production both of those guys have, you know, at least three top twelve finishes in their career. Deshaun Watson was on a trajectory with Patrick Mahomes in the same breath a few years ago, before you know all of his off season off field stuff, and he played a partial year stepping in mid fire, you know, in the double digit weeks last year. Let's give him an off season and let's give him a fresh start. And if you want to say he's a completely different player and he's a bust and all this stuff. I think you got to give him till November this year. I mean, give him a little bit of slack here for all the stuff mm-hmm. he's gone through. He's, he's a 28 year old that produced at such a high level to that point in his career arc. So, yeah, I, I think if you have a higher first, you need to be shooting for those top six, seven, eight yeah. dynasty quarterbacks. And if it takes mm-hmm. a little more than that, so be it, because I don't have my top rookie quarterback is QB16. And and it's pretty far down there, and I know folks wouldn't agree with me with having guys like Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff ahead of them. But we've seen a lot from guys, and, and I think the the bust risk with these guys with, with say Stroud and Young when they're not going to be rushing options. You know, we keep calling back to that UGA game with with CJ Stroud. If you did it one game and you did something else for 30 games, let's not pretend like the one game is going to be what you do Mm-mm. in the NFL when you up at 17 levels of difficulty. So I just I have my my doubts. And Anthony Richardson, I you know, we've applauded him a few times and Will Levis. They are huge projects as a passer. So to say that they're right. going to make it to a second contract and get huge money in the NFL where we truly feel secure, I, I have my doubts about them as well. And with four guys, the odds are, you know, one probably becomes a massive hit. One becomes uh, an okay hit. Maybe you get one that's a marginal hit and one's going to be a bust. And the likelihood, we probably get two that three years from now are relative busts. Do you want to spend 102 on that chance? I don't. I I, I'm, I mean, the NFL gets it wrong. Why are we going to get it right is what I would say. So playing the probabilities and playing the pedigree game, I have far more confidence of going after Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson or, or Prescott or Lawrence or Herbert. Just keep going. Even if you can't get all the way up to the absolute top, you can get to the mid QB one range and you take all the risk out
1: the other day I suggested to someone to do pair the one Oh two with Trey Lance. Cause the guy's a San Francisco owner oh, yeah. Got Patrick, Patrick Mahomes for that. You know, like those are the kind of moves nice. I'm seeing way too much, Chad, where people are moving off Mahomes, Allen and Jalen hurts to try to get Didn't into you? this area. And it just, it, it gets scary. I know you and Jordan talk about that a lot. Jordan's been on the show a couple of times. Talk to me about that, that pedigree of those top four five super flex quarterbacks and how important that is to your dynasty team.
2: Well yeah, once they hit for a top 6 season, you feel a lot better. Once they hit twice, you feel really good. Once they get that Supermax contract and they start producing because we've seen Patrick Mahomes, oh, everyone thought he was going to have a down year. No Tyreek Hill. Well, he seems to be just fine with a bunch of with a bunch of just guys at wide receiver. He he was okay. Joe Burrow, he's about to get paid. Josh Allen, uh, Herbert, you know, Lawrence. Again, the hit rate, I had pause until this past year with Jalen Hurts, but now He's going to get the super max. He's produced two top 12 seasons. You got to be in on that, you know, to a requisite amount. Dak Prescott's been there, done that a bunch. Watson, Jackson, we're already up to nine, 10 names. So to say that you're limited in the trade market, even if some of these are on the same team uh, for one of your competitors, you're still talking five, six, seven possible trade partners and you just mentioned you got to go knock on that door it might sound nuts if you're in one uh one cross section of dynasty where you go oh yeah i gave a high first and trey lance for for Mahomes. but that deal gets done you know and, and you don't know unless you knock on the door and if you've ever right i have on. not i have not but if you go around selling vacuum cleaners knocking on doors you're going to get 95 percent of people saying get out of here did you read the no trespassing <laughs> sign or if you cold call or anything like this but you get to the yeses by hearing the noes, you know? So you, I I think the other part is people get super sensitive when you send offers that might seem, you know, Oh, this, this, this team might want a quarterback plus a pick or, you know, help out at another position. And you start putting a package together and that's, I, I got Justin Herbert for, you know, five, six, seven different Debbie players, plus Trey Lance, plus something else. And it might sound nuts, but this was a team that was looking to shake it up, add some depth, which depth doesn't really matter that much. But I got Justin Herbert. I would never would have thought that that those types of iterations and counteroffers would have gone through. And again, you you can't get insulted or hurt feelings because someone else is going to snap accept an offer that another person is going to send a pretty snarky remark that it was an inappropriate offer to send. You have to get to get immune to that and get active and and start doing the work because otherwise you sit around here and you you've gone the whole off season without making moves
1: just missed the catchphrase there it's smash except yes yeah, come on you're we'll, on smash we'll we go. can't do the snap yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go this time no i'm just mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was hey my i'm still on the still on the vacuum cleaner thing though it's these vacuum cleaners really suck Ninety five percent of the people, you know, get get out of here. But there's gonna be well tell me more. Tell me what you're the do they suck.
2: potting soil on their on their carpet. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. you're gonna need Stub to clean this up. I don't think
2: your vacuum is gonna do it. <laughs> we, you don't have any mobile quarterbacks on your roster. Trey Lance is the fix.
1: That's so the I one you gotta to have. You. Yeah, he's he's a tricky one. One that isn't and I wanna talk about is we have so many people asking about Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, like He's got his pro day coming up tomorrow. What does he need to do as far as run his 40 and show what he has? Or, you know, there's a lot of people asking, he only had one year of production. It was phenomenal production. So where does he, in your dynasty ranks, what does he have to do tomorrow? And can you take him above any of these three quarterbacks, depending on what your situation is right now?
2: i think he needs to avoid the catastrophic um i'll start there so like a four six five you know something mm-hmm. like that and what i've heard ohio state's a fast track the odds of him doing so you know he may not run the four fours but four or five something is a relative lock that's, that's and and here's the other thing the whole uh quicker than fast you know the mike mayock line that we, we we miss hearing now after uh you know he hasn't been back with nfl network but he ran a 6'5", <laughs> three-cone, which is exactly what you want for a guy that played about 90% of the time in the slot. Uh, he has the, the lowest drop rate of any of the notables that are going to go probably in the top 50 of the draft at wide receiver this year. So sticky hands, over three yards per route run, uh, efficient. He was play, he was outproducing you know, Olave and Garrett Wilson and you know that, that loaded Ohio State team. So I don't think he really has to show all that much. He checks a lot of the boxes that you're looking for, of change of direction. He's going to be a guy that can play on the outside, but probably going to play on the inside a lot. And I do think the Amon Ross Brown uh, mock uh, and comp spectrum fits, you know, and I do comps a little uh, more granularly than a lot of people just throwing out, oh, he plays in the slot. Oh, he's, you know, not super fast. Let's throw out Amon Ross A. Brown because, you know, he's super successful and let's, uh, let, let's, let's draw that comparison pretty easily. But I think when you talk round one and, and if he runs really well, could it be top 10, top 15? That's in play. But, you know, round one pedigree with a guy that he's not 180 pounds, you know, sorry, Jalen Hyatt. Sorry, uh, Z- Zay Flowers. I mean, there's some undersized guys this year, but Jackson Smith and the Jigba is not that. Um, and, and so I, I don't think he has to prove a whole lot. You know, his most important drills, he already did. And I don't think the the 40 time yeah. is going to be the most impactful one. Now, I have them behind the, the the top quarterbacks, and it's mostly just there's risk in round one wide receivers. They're about a 50-50 bet. So are quarterbacks, but when you're playing in Superflex, you tell me what has more value hitting on a quarterback or hitting on a wide receiver. I'm going to say it's the quarterback. And so I'm a huge Quentin Johnston fan. So the reason he's not wide receiver one for me is because I like Quentin Quentin Johnston so much. Now I do. I'm in the same tier and I do have a pretty big tier break between those two and the rest of the wide receiver position. So Smith, the Jigma to me belongs in in the mid first. And that's just because, uh, you know, I think the quarterbacks have enough pedigree. Um, I also think that people aren't giving enough respect maybe to Jameer Gibbs because, he has outs to be a round one drafted wide uh, running back, and he ran the four threes. What else do you want other than him weighing in at an unrealistic 210 plus pounds? So if you're talking about a guy that could get round one pedigree, look at those teams in the late first, Eagles, Chiefs, uh, Bills. I mean, they're juggernaut teams that, I mean, they're unlikely to get B. John Robinson. They're more likely to have a look at Jameer Gibbs. And so I think right now you can't rule out Gibbs getting round one pedigree. And I would also say, if you have a round one running back, you can't put that guy very low at all. So I don't think you can put Gibbs below Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston right now or some of those quarterbacks just because he has a decent shot to go round one. And until we get affirmation that he's not going, and that'll be draft night, then I think we can start recalibrating our board and saying, well, I'm going to have Gibbs, uh, Gibbs behind Smith the Jigba and Johnston and maybe a quarterback or two. That's going to shake up the board. But right now, he does have outs. So that's why I have Smith the Jigba more in the five, six, seven range as opposed to, say, three overall.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, one of the guys from our Patreon, FFB Russ, as Brian Russell. He said, how much does draft capital matter or landing spot? You know, we sometimes draft talent over landing spot, but then we have the, the cautionary tale of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like you said about Gibbs, let's say Gibbs goes to the Chiefs. The internet's going to break but this seems like we're talking about the RB2 in the class as opposed to the year Clyde where Celare came out he was RB6 range he gets that draft capital and he shoots up so talk a little bit about that you know cautionary tale of taking a guy landing spot over talent in your evaluation
2: Yeah, I think when you have enough pedigree, the landing spot doesn't matter quite that much. Um, I will say that that it's pretty ambiguous at wide receiver. I, I would say in general, you would love to get, as opposed to someone going at 14 overall, I think you would rather have them connected to a strong quarterback, and that generally means going later in the first round if the pedigree checks out. I think what you brought up about Edward Solaire is pretty valid, where he got round one, but the problem was is that we had some juggernaut Profiles, you know, Jonathan Taylor goes after him, DeAndre Swift, T- uh, J.K. Dobbins. These are superior profiles, and mm-hmm. so the Chiefs had their look at all those guys, and it comes out. I, I can't remember if it was then or later on that, oh, Mahomes basically vouched for the guy, you know, and that's who he yeah. wanted. Uh, I think they're going to revoke his drafting privileges now, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I just keep Not imagining G-A-W from more. that day any of those running backs. Can you imagine Dobbins in there or or Jonathan Taylor? I mean they would have won another Super Bowl. So, I mean, just unbelievable stuff. But I do think, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs, we are talking about him in that range. I, I think in general, we overblow the, uh, the the landing spot. And I think you need to focus on the pedigree, focus on the number. Where did they go in the draft? Like, if you told me right now the numbers, and that doesn't include trades, if, if I didn't know draft uh, order at all by the NFL teams, if you just gave me the numbers, I can make you a big board right now. You know, and, and I bet it would be razor close. Outside of the first, you know, once we get beyond the top 25 or so, when you get to the third, fourth round of rookie drafts, you need to take shots on guys that, you think you're going to keep in November, not two years from now, because you need to be very, uh, very open to moving on from them quickly. So, that, so situation matters a lot. You're going to look for running backs. That could be the number two, make the 53, be relevant as a rookie. If an injury occurs, all those types of things, yeah, you can't yeah. take a round five wide receiver and go, I'm going to sit on this guy till 2025. You just can't do it in 95% of dynasty leagues. So um, that's where I think people get a little handsy with, uh, with, uh situation and and in general i think you need to stick with the probabilities uh, as jordan likes to call it the rates um i just call it you know probabilities where you know round three wide receivers generally do this round two running backs generally do this you put them into buckets you can have your preferences, you can shake them up in the in the boggle cup uh, there and uh, you know have your favorites, but that needs to be the general roadmap, and I always go by that when I'm adjusting the, the big board after, say, the combine or after the NFL draft, where uh, there's certain parameters, and, and one lesson, uh, just to name one guy from last year, Isaiah Spiller was a guy that I, I really did, I'm going to harken back to and mm-hmm. learn a historical lesson, because you cannot have, you know, and, and this is the danger we mentioned at the top of the show, a, a one-quarterback league, it falls off. You don't have the premiums. You're not going to sit there at 110 and want to take a quarterback. You're not going to generally take a tight end either. That hasn't worked out well. And so you can't have, you know, sitting at 111, take your favorite day three uh, running back. Or Isaiah Spiller sometimes, you know, is a 202, 203. It's just too early. You can't do it. So if a running back, I mean, the last 20 picks of of day two on Friday night, you should be watching intently because the running backs that get it or don't get it, you know Alexander Madison got it. James Connor got it. And the, these guys like Isaiah Spiller that aren't going to get it. You know like Sean Tucker may be a, a big watch for us this year if he gets it or doesn't get it. You know someone mm-hmm. like Zach Evans. And if you like the yes. Ortaje Spears or uh, Israel Abanikanda, Kendra Miller, if they get day three, you need to basically say maybe the late second round of the rookie draft. Maybe. And if they don't make it there, let someone else take them and take on that risk. It's a huge deal breaker that you just can't go high. And if that means at 204, you have no one to take, you need to trade. Or you need to look at another position and say, Well, I don't think it's worth it. And you got to make a move because, or if you see that coming up, maybe you're trading 204 and 210 and you're trying to get to 110 and get a much better profile. So you need to figure out other methods as opposed to sitting there and being like, Well, I like Isaiah Spiller. He didn't go in the third round like I thought. He went around four. We saw that can bury you. That can bury you in mm-hmm. the NFL. And there's probably a reason that he, you know, right. that they're buried because he, you know, ran four, four, six X that's replaceable in the nfl joshua kelly had a better profile in round four years ago and sure enough he was higher than him on the depth chart so i I think at running back you really need to make that and then wide receiver the line is round two Round three has horrible odds. It falls off very quickly. And frankly, you don't want to take a lot of wide receivers in rookie drafts anyway. But if the, you're know, if you looking at Parker Washington, if you're looking at uh, Keyshawn Boutte or Cedric Tillman or Josh Downs is probably going to get it pretty easily. But my point is you get these guys and you should be watching round two very closely. And if they fall to round three, that's another point. You know, you got to wait a lot longer. You can't take that guy at 201. I don't care how much you love him. So that's where I think pedigree trumps all and if someone goes to i i, I just think the amanra saint brown scenario where he falls to day three and he ends up being the goods he had an elite profile but he's one of the rare he stefan Diggs, and a few there. others yeah. it just does not work so betting on that over and over again you're just going to lose and you're going to keep chasing that one scenario that worked out
1: he's holding the mic there right after that it's a mic drop. You know <laughs> yeah, that's that that's the, you're, the second right major Boom. analyst to come on there. John is, you know, when, when we're wearing matching outfits, friends don't <laughs> let other friends draft around four dra- <laughs> running backs. You know, that's right. Uh, that's what we yeah, do. That when when Chad speaks, we got to listen up to those things. And I know that's something that you and I have been talking about quite a bit over the last couple of months as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and look, we've been kind of talking about getting guys in tears and getting a you know projected draft capital in there to, to do your tiers and rankings. But look, you're gonna have to adjust based on that draft capital. And I love some of the analytics that you've been able to bring forward. That's really good advice. Be prepared for my tiers to be adjusted quite a bit based on that draft capital and watching that closely. You know, First two rounds for wide receivers, first three rounds for running backs. I definitely agree with that. You're chasing uh, more of the outlier a- after that point. I-, I wanted to ask you, Chad, kind of following up on that, do you, who, you, you rattled off some of these running backs that we th- we hope will land day two. Do you have any that you uh, at this current point are projecting more to land in the the day two time frame? I mean, if you just if we just come back to Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, maybe Tajay Spears. Do any of those guys stick out for you, or you think based on what you've seen with their their profile, uh, their their athleticism, the combine that that you think are more likely to land there.
2: Yeah, I think it's just tough. You know, I, I call a lot of mock draft data for for NFL purposes. And unfortunately, one of those spots on day two, it sounds like it's going to get taken up by Devin Achain, who is a sub-sized player, a dynamo. <laughs> but let's face it, we're not going to project a big role, you know, for, for him almost yeah. in any landing spot. It's really tough to to thread that needle to get enough receiving volume. Is he going to be more than a five carry a game mm-hmm. type of guy in a best case? So, you know, we're really looking yeah. at Zach Charbonnet. We're looking at uh, Tank Bigsby yeah. for probably two spots. I really think we're down to one to two spots max at running okay. back that are up in the air for day two. And I keep hearing from Mel Kuyper, and it really grinds on me. He keeps saying Dwayne McBride, and Mc- Dwayne McBride yeah. to yeah. me, he's a guy that's not going to work out. He's mentioned round two with him. I'll believe it when I see it. I think he's I more around 3-4 no. fringe. And I would not... He's a 1% receiving score in my model. I would not take him, period. And a lot of mm-hmm. it was based on... He's going to be this hulking 215, 220-plus guy. He went in at 209. So 209 with a weak receiving score, anemic and historically weak. Man, that's a tough sell for me. So unfortunately... You know, it seems like Chase Brown is probably one of the favorites. I like him enough, but he's 23. You know, okay. he's got a well-rounded profile. So he's one that's probably has better odds. But unfortunately, between a, a lot of guys I like, like Zach Evans, Tajay Spears, yeah. Roshan Johnson, uh, Sean Tucker, Kendra Miller, Abana Kanda, um, you know, that's probably the list of, of challengers, and maybe yeah. one gets it. And so, that's the, okay. so what this means, if you know it's that, attractive. if I just rattled off two or three guys that you really like, whatever subset of that, Those need to be who of that group is going to be cheap that I can get in round three. And it may not be your number one option. You may say, I love Tajay Spears, but if he costs 205 and you can get, you know, Roshan Johnson at 307, to me, it's a no brainer. You know, if one of them Mm -hmm. went round four, one of them went round five, it's not a big deal. So I just think in general, you need to not be sticky because those are all pretty good profiles, but who's going to be the cheapest and I'm not going to overpay because 205 you can go out there in the trade market and maybe get yourself someone like Mike Evans or uh, Tyler Lockett, and, and and then you get your running back later on because the running backs are based on injuries and the, the right depth chart and making your way up and getting some spot starts. We're not going to project you know, a, 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 a multi-year starter from any of those guys from day three, the Lamar Miller kind of outcome. So you have to be super <clears> careful. <throat> don't pay too much and don't get stuck on. I mean, again, I can make arguments for two or three of those guys. of like saying, I love them as a right. player. But if they get day three, you can't love them that much.
1: And I'm glad you talk about it that way as far as that 205 doesn't have to be a player. You know, right now, I I, I bought Miles Sanders for the 205 the other day, you know, and I'm okay with that because Miles Sanders is now, you know, he's that guy in Carolina. He's going to put up production where sometimes you don't know. And I don't. we always say, you know, hold your picks till you're on the clock and, and kind of make those kind of moves. Chad, we're looking at an ADP here, you know, thrown together from, from the discord and trying to look at some things. Who are some guys that stick out? If this is super flex to you, you know, I'm going to go over the first round here. It's Bijan, Stroud, Young, Smith and Jigba, Richardson, Gibbs, Levis at seven, Quentin Johnson, Johnson at eight, Addison, nine, Charbonnet, 10, Flowers, 11, Downs, 12. And so out of that, who's that guy that sticks out to you as a, as a value in the first round? And who's that biggest, you know, who are some of these guys ADP that just doesn't add up for you?
2: Yeah, I'll highlight three guys that stand out. I already mentioned Jameer Gibbs. So him going at six, you know, I think with having round one possibilities, we know that some people have some rookie drafts in the next month before the NFL draft. So you're making mm-hmm. bets on pedigree as well. Mm-hmm. So Gibbs in the mid first to me is a relative steal. Uh, yes, he's he's a uh, subsized to some degree, but he has the exact profile elite receiver as well as, you know, one that runs four three X big play machine. Those are the traits you want if you're not going to be 210 plus pounds. So mm-hmm. to me, Gibbs stands out. And then I'll say Quentin uh, Johnston, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, in this ADP set, he's three, four, five picks below Jackson Smith, the Jigba, big fan of Quentin Johnson. He's the one guy with size and and the one guy that I mean, he's unbelievable after the catch, his missed tackle rate is elite. We're talking like Debo Samuel-like, and, and it's a guy with prototypical size. So he has a lot of positives. People talk about him being a body catcher. we got Terrell Owens. we got a bunch of guys that have been body catchers. Didn't affect them a whole lot. If you got the goods, you got the goods. Okay. And so Quentin Johnson at 108, to me, it stands out. And then one other guy, when I start looking at, again, where's Pedigree going? Jalen Hyatt. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but he has some Will Fuller s qualities, and I know he didn't run four three two like he wanted or anything like that. But it, seeing him in round two, 203 here, or just the last guy that really has a good projection to be a round one wide receiver. I'm always interested in that guy. I think Kadarius Tony okay. a few years ago was going at like 206, 208, just falling through the floor. Mm-hmm. Everyone hated that landing spot, but I think there's always a round one wide receiver that lasts a little too long, and it seems like Hyatt is that guy this year. So it's the same thing about like if well if Levis goes 111 or 205 and you know in a super flex, we got to be in on it. Even if you don't like Jalen Hyatt, if he goes to 203, I think you have to be interested.
1: Hey, I know that's the guy that I've been talking about a little bit in that range too, John, is, is someone that I keep encouraging you to to move up a little bit. and i i I want to hear more what Chad has to say about Quentin Johnston. but John, who's that guy right now that's that's sticking out to you? I mean, I know we you and I have our collective rankings that we've been putting together, you know, in the Smash Patreon and putting out there. This is kind of more of just our overall discord of where th- where people have been going as far as you know, ADP and mock drafts. What's sticking out to you? I mean, I feel like we gotta look at your guys and that guy that just seems like screaming value.
0: Yeah, and if I'm dipping into this ADP into the second round, we rattled off some of these running backs, but I mean I'm looking at two oh five, Sean Tucker, then it's Evans, Kendry Miller, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears. Definitely see a ton of value there for me. Um Kendry Miller at 207 and Tajay Spears at 210, definitely stick out as major values. Again, I think we need to see the draft capital. I'm hearing good things about that. For Kendra Miller, it's really more about his, his overall size speed ratio. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of good stuff from him on film in terms of his, his vision, be able to pop big plays as well. I think you can convince yourself that he uh, it could could land a really nice potentially even three down workload uh, Zach Charbonnet is getting all the love, but I'll kind of build on what Chad was talking about earlier. In this case, we got Zach Charbonnet at 110 and Kendra Miller almost around later. Again, we'll have to see where things land, but th- that to me feels like value, very similar type profile. And, and then again, I, I think I'm maybe irrationally high on Tajay Spears uh, because I, I know about his medical background and the risk. But wow, on film, this guy just just has impressed me so much. So he has definitely become one of my guys. I hope that Chad's not going to rain on my parade here too much, (laughs) but I I really like his overall, I think he's an elite pass catcher from what I've seen on film. He um, maybe isn't going to be a three down grinder, but similar to Gibbs, what he does in the open field is crazy. His lateral movement, his ability to find the hole, hit it, and, and make the big play both in the rushing game as well as the passing game really impresses me a lot. I just really hope that, the medicals look good at the combine. That a team's going to invest in him, but right now sitting at two ten, to me, that jumps off the page to me as a value as well. Just um, running
1: running backs galore in that second round.
2: Yeah, yeah it kind of, maybe, Spears kind of reminds yeah, me of a, of Jerick McKinnon a little bit. When and again, not mm-hmm. the iteration that we saw pan out over six to eight years of basic frustration, but the guy that came into Minnesota, he was very you know yeah. tightly wound as an athlete, explosive you know, we always have Matt Asiato to blame in terms of not working out <laughs> yes, with all those, it, all those potential it. spot starts. And and it took him till the back half of this last year to really put it all yeah. together in the perfect system. Mm-hmm. But McKinnon was that that really juicy Absolutely. athlete that was a little subsized, but had a lot of potential. And hopefully it works out better for Spears. But I think he's that type of athlete in that type of weight range. Um, I did want to mention one thing, because, you know, if we go through the whole show and don't mention Hendon Hooker, based Thank on you. this cost right. because yeah. Because, yeah. because we talked all about the big four and i think it's easy to to create mm-hmm. some I'm giant as well. concrete yeah. wall of saying there's nobody else in the class now um, i think hinden Hooker, he's going to go on day 2 might go round 2 and he's going to be that red shirt type right i mean probably not mm-hmm. going to play this year right. but he checks every box we we talk about you know it's a it's a black box of trying to figure out quarterback but the things that i look for the common traits of 101 picks in the nfl high first round picks he checks them all He has no size concerns. He's athletic. He has rushing upside. He checks the box in terms of touchdown interception ratio, yards per attempt. Uh, He really has no flaws other than being old and right now being hurt. If he didn't get hurt at all, I think we'd be talking about him as a round one guy in the NFL and maybe someone that a team in the 15 to 20 range, Washington, Tampa Bay might be looking at in that range, but now they probably won't have to. But I think Hinden Hooker is going to go in that late second or third round of super flex drafts because teams have already addressed quarterback. You know, We talked about doing needs. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, but he's going to fall into a range where it's like, Oh, let me see upside quality profile quarterback versus day three running back versus you know a tight end where there's mm-hmm, no premiums mm-hmm. going on, there's no positional value. So I think Hendon Hooker is one that you know. Back in December, I was like, oh, I going to be out of Hendon Hooker. Like I, I watched enough Tennessee, I was like, eh, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm not going to be in on that. But then you start talking about price, and you're like, okay, now I'm in. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a it's a sort of thing where I always call it the Latavius Murray effect, where Latavius Murray Raiders starter. Don't like his price in Dynasty. And then he goes to back up around the NFL water cooler, and he falls through the floor, but yet he's still a quality player. And I'm like, now I love the price. So it's kind of like David Montgomery. I'll probably love David Montgomery's price over the next three years, or Jamal Williams, or okay. these types of guys. And I think is the type I expected to cost around more than this a few months ago. And now you're saying he costs 10 to 15 picks later. I'm all in on that profile. And it's almost a Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, he goes round two, and do a backup situation we don't really care but yet two years from now we probably will. up
1: I, I i can't agree with that more i mean jalen hurts i was getting it 205 to 208 to uh, sometimes even 212 in Superflex because we were in that area. And one of the guys in our Patreon was even asking that if if Hendon Hooker gets that round two draft capital, let's say he goes to the Lions, that dream spot, you know, we get him in the second round or someone there. I mean, how high up should we move him? You're saying above, you know, maybe Tucker, A-Chain, Evans, you know, get him into that mid-second range
2: well yeah i mean you just mentioned all the the flimsy pedigree we're not talking probably day two running backs the only one was Ah chain you know and and mm-hmm. you're talking day two wide receivers so yeah i think kendan hooker needs to be like and here's the thing like where he is on a big board i think is largely irrelevant because adp will tell us if you're in or out like i always say you know if you rank a guy at 30 and his adp is 20 you could have him at fifty; it doesn't matter. The point is, you're saying don't draft them. If you have a guy at five and his ADP is ten, you're saying draft them, and it's saying he's going to be a major part of your draft plan. In you know, league in and league out. So uh, that's the big part for me. And I think mid second or beyond. You know, if he goes to an interesting spot, especially if, if he doesn't go to a spot with a supermax quarterback that's super established. You know, like we've seen the Patriots before. You know, I think they took Garoppolo. Brady was in their, his prime, right? Like there was really no outs for him there it was going to be a long-term situation or he's going to injury away but like you said if he goes to detroit if he goes to seattle if he goes to one of these situations that could look really good in 2024 that's a really nice jalen hurts type spot for again a mobile we're not talking about tina mckee we're talking about a mobile quarterback that basically needs a red shirt health wise he's got the upside he's checked the boxes and frankly we would have been talking about him as a first round pick otherwise so yeah i I think you need to be attuned to where he lands But but yeah, I think the mid-second on would be the perfect price point for Hindenhugger.
1: Chad, it's been a blast. I wish we could talk for for hours. You know, when I I listen to your podcast and I mean, it's honestly, you don't disappoint. You come on here and you just drop, dropping dimes, you know, taking care of business. Um, I want to thank you so much, you know, from the smash Accept community for you taking the time to come on and, and talk with us. Um, why don't you tell everybody, you know, what you have going on over there at a UTH, you know, where they can find you and, you know, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I know John feels the same.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much. And yeah, UTH dynasty.com. It's been around since 2014 and, Uh, All the content, uh, you get articles, you get um, five to 10 minute shows, sometimes you get half hour shows. Uh, You hear the story and backdrop behind all the studies that I do to become a better Dynasty GM myself on an annual basis. And I think you have to play, you have to play a variety of formats so that you have the metal and you have the data points to be an analyst. I think that's very important. I think it's very important to be transparent. I share all my trades um, on the site to subscribers. And again, uthdynasty.com, if you want premium audio content, which means not a once a week show, you get 250, 300 plus shows a year, that's a a great place to go. Uh, If I haven't annoyed you with my voice yet, it's a lot of solo shows. So just be aware, you got to be okay with that part. Uh, But a trade calculator with a subscription comes as a trial. It's a standalone purchase. It's updated. It was updated daily during the the free agency period. So you are always gonna have the most current recommendations for player value. It blends it with ADP. Uh, It's really easy to use as a difference making tool in your leagues. And then like you guys, starting Patreon is, is a major boost for super fans. i mentioned the VIP chat room, I'm in there a few dozen of the best dynasty owners on the planet. We're always talking trades and drafts, and you can sign up. You get a draft guide if you sign up. Uh, This is the perfect time of year to get in there, get bonus content uh, there at patreon.com slash UTH, to become a VIP, get the, the content. And then one thing I'll say is after the NFL draft, you know, a lot of people are excited for their own leagues. I am as well. But Saturday, Sunday of NFL draft weekend, people are already moving on to their own leagues. By Sunday night, you will have a completed, updated draft guide and you will have ADP, which all my super fans uh, give to me uh, so that I can start prepping for what our 2023 draft plan will be for target players, avoid players. And I do not go to bed. Sometimes it's been three in the morning. Sometimes I finish early, but uh, I will not go to bed on Sunday night until that is done. And that is my Uh, annual pledge and annual achievement. So just know I put the subscribers and listeners first every single year, and then Monday I get on to my own leagues. So, again, uthatanity.com on all those applicable platforms.
1: Make sure you guys check that out. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.